Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, in Ukraine, President Zelensky has said that the city of Bakhmut in Ukraine is now burnt ruins because of the missile assaults by Adolf Putin and his gang. As Putin and uh, the Russian mob are doing their very best to level the infrastructure in Ukraine as the winter closes in and uh, deny the Ukrainian people access to energy, heat, water, what they need to survive. Alexander Sherba is back with us, the uh, former ambassador, Ukrainian ambassador, to Austria, was also with the UN, uh, rather Ukraine diplomatic corps assigned to Washington, D.C. Ambassador Sherba is the author of Ukraine versus Darkness, Undiplomatic Thoughts, and he joins us from Ukraine. Alexander, thank you very much for, for taking the time. What is, in, in more detail, please, what is the situation in Ukraine today as far as the infrastructure is concerned, infrastructure which provides water, heat, food, and other fundamentals um, that minimize the impact of winter. How badly is Ukraine suffering now? Uh, hello, Roy. Thank you for inviting me again. Uh, uh, well, it's just, it just differs from town to town. Uh, in Kiev, uh, today, it's it, 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 especially dark uh, on the streets. So there are no lights whatsoever on the streets, but the street lights are on, so the cars are driving around and... Uh, uh, I was with friends in a restaurant uh, tonight, uh, and three times during the evening, uh, the light went out. So immediately, the candles were on, uh, and uh, people carried on. Even uh, a bigger group of people even celebrated their birthday in these conditions. Uh, so uh, in Kiev, it's more or less uh, tolerable right now. In uh, Odessa, it's uh, much, much worse after the last... Uh, shelling from uh, Russia, uh, they uh, have no uh, electricity for two or three days. Um, so, uh, and uh, in uh, cities like Bakhmut, I just remind or, or tell people, Bakhmut before the war was known for their exquisite sparkling wine. Now it's a ruin. It's just it's hell. Uh, and uh, it's it just uh, I, I the other day I went through the park and I saw an older woman. Uh, selling um, stockings uh, wood, uh, wool, from wool, uh, just sitting in the park. I came to her, uh, bought a couple of those uh, sto- uh, socks, uh, socks, not stockings, socks, and uh, she started whining, uh, started crying, and she said, I'm from Bakhmut, and just I had to buy even more. Um, so this is the life in Ukraine right now. Yeah. How are the people of Ukraine holding out? I mean, you're under constant missile attack, constant assault. Your military is doing extremely well on the ground. I want to talk to you about that in a moment. But how are the people of Ukraine holding out against this constant barrage of missile attacks as winter closes in? Well, uh, I'm afraid the worst uh, is still to come. The worst is still to come while because uh, the heating is there in Kiev, for instance, and uh, the hot water is there. Um, so we uh, people are already used to these, you know, power outages. 
but I saw today a video from Kherson where the situation is much more dire than here. Uh, people are only now uh, starting to uh, get some heat in their apartments. Uh, um, and it was a video from one of these resilient spots, so-called resilient spots, um, where people come to get warm and uh, uh, charge their uh, gadgets. And, my God, uh, you would expect that it would be depressing and dark, but no, people are, people are singing there because just uh, the spirit is unbroken. So Putin is uh, reaching the opposite of his goal. He's just making people uh, more resilient and, uh, I should say, angrier towards Russia. So I don't know what his plan is. Yeah, he said, uh, as you know better than I, just a couple of days ago, that the world is edging closer to nuclear conflict, but he says Russia won't start a nuclear exchange. I just wonder whether that's for domestic consumption in Russia because he's being beaten so badly on the battlefield by the Ukrainian military. Oh, Putin is a small, tiny, not very smart uh, person, uh, the last thing, uh, he, he did the huge mistake by, you know, invading Ukraine, and it was mostly his personal decision. His close uh, circle knows that, that most of people around him were advising against it. But he was uh, stupid enough and uh, arrogant enough uh, to make this move. Um, uh, so, uh, sorry, Roy, I, I forgot your question. You were asking about... Yeah, I mean, he, he, he warns uh, that the world is edging closer to nuclear uh, conf conflict. About the nuclear holocaust. Yeah. He, uh, he's, not, he's not the kind of person who wishes uh, himself to die. You know, he, he's the kind, he's a sociopath in the way that he doesn't care how many Ukrainian and Russian lives he burns in this war. He doesn't care about it. What he does care about is uh, his own life. And he knows if he even comes close to this, you know, uh, using nuclear weapons. Even his uh, uh, relative allies like China and India uh, will uh, turn their backs uh, on him. He won't do that. I am absolutely convinced on that. And one more sign about it. This, year, this week, last week, uh, um, uh, his meeting with uh, Prime Minister Modi was planned uh, in uh, Moscow. And Modi, uh, in the last moment, refused to come. Why? Because of this uh, nuclear talk. <coughs> yeah. I'm just wondering whether he's doing that just to, for domestic consumption, to look like a tough guy at home when you consider the only thing that he's, he's being successful at, and it's, it's, it, it is, I believe, a war crime, is the assaults of the infrastructure of Ukraine with missiles, but on the ground, his military continues to be pushed back. In fact, there was a very interesting attack on uh, Russian military airfield, damaging bombers and fighter jets, which nobody's taken credit for, but I think we can deduce where it came from. Yes, absolutely. Uh, again, I don't know where it came from, but I do hope it came from, uh, from us, quite frankly. Uh, and there are reasons to believe that. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, about about this nuclear talk and about about the saber rattling, uh, this man uh, has lost basically everything he worked upon uh, in the last two decades. Whatever uh, gains he had in foreign policy field, international field, 
in in domestically in you know building up uh, Russian economy. It's all gone now. All he has uh, left is uh, just uh, to have people talk about him. So he blabs one again once again about what he's not going to do, and the whole world is just. Uh, uh, acting scared again, and uh, for Russians it's important to be to be feared. Uh, so he enjoys it, and his people enjoy it once again when they scare the world. So the world must be a little bit more tougher in the face of this, you know, bluff. We're talking about the reality on the ground in Ukraine with our guest Alexander Sherba, the former Ukrainian ambassador to Austria, also part of the diplomatic mission. To Washington, I'm just looking at a story here, a news story today, that Jan Rashinsky, who's a Russian Nobel Peace Prize laureate, he received the Peace Prize today, he's uh, declaring Putin's war on Ukraine as, quote, insane and criminal, end quote, and the Peace Prize laureate from Russia, part of a human rights organization known as Memorial, says that uh, Russia's, we've heard this a thousand times, Russia continues to insist that fascism in Ukraine is why they attacked Ukraine. And Roshinsky says this has become, quote, the ideological justification for the insane and criminal war of aggression against Ukraine. So there you have it. Back to Ambassador Alexander Sherba. There is resistance, Alexander. Is there significant, I should ask the question, not make a statement. Do you believe there is growing resistance in Russia to Putin and maybe more public now? Unfortunately, I don't see that. Uh, on the contrary, you know, uh, Russians were, you know, fed this uh, sense of uh, chauvinism and militarism for two decades. Uh, they were enjoying this uh, sense of greatness that Putin gave them again after the humiliation of democracy in 1990s. Um, and uh, now these Ukrainians that uh, most Russians saw as inferior people uh, took away uh, this sense of greatness. And Russians um, somehow seem to put Putin under pressure uh, to uh, make Ukraine suffer. I mean, uh, it comes both ways. Putin does it because he wants that, but also his people want, want to see Ukraine suffer, unfortunately. And this is a scary, scary thing to see how how the whole nation can deteriorate uh, humanely in, uh, under the influence of propaganda. It's absolutely bonkers, quite frankly. Yeah. So the Russians have had, uh, they're, they're talking about it now, as is Iran. They have a, an agreement to work with one another, and Iran is providing drones to the Russians. They've admitted that. They said, well, they did before the attack, but I think people can deduce the truth from all of this. But your military continues to push the Russians back to the positions prior to February 24th of this year. How well is your military doing now in December as winter arrives against the Russians? Well, you know, we, uh, our military has, again, this uh, situation of radio silence. Uh, so we see every day and every night that uh, the uh, the uh, um, some positions, especially uh, positions deep uh, in the uh, enemy territory, get bombarded. 
by HIMARS and other, you know, modern sophisticated uh, weaponry that we were provided. We see that uh, many of their, uh, you know, uh, headquarters uh, burn and uh, uh, many of their soldiers and officers, including this newly mobilized uh, uh, soldiers, die. But we don't know exactly uh, what the Ukrainian army uh, is planning to do. Uh, it, th- th- there is this sense of coming, of something big coming, but no one knows for sure where it will be. Many people speak about Luhansk Oblast, where Ukrainian army is making advances. Uh, some speak about Zaporizhia near uh, Azov Sea, uh, where um, the situation is rather dire for Russians. But, of course, on the other hand, we have, we have Bakhmut, where Russians are trying to take the city uh, for the last uh, five or six months. And uh, now they have this new, uh, fresh, uh, uh, you know, uh, cannon fodder uh, coming from uh, Russia. And the situation near Bakhmut is uh, difficult, especially for us, for Ukrainian arms. But in general, we have the initiative. I just cannot tell you because, because I don't know where they will strike again, but uh, something big will come. Yeah. So uh, one issue that's been on people's minds and uh, was off and then on and then off and then on again because the, the Russians blocked on blocked and played games with it was the export of grain from Ukraine to a hungry world. I understand that that is on again and... Uh, and how successful is that going forward? As far as I understand, uh, uh, after um, after uh, uh, Ukraine attacked uh, Russian positions in the occupied uh, Sevastopol, uh, um, there was some, you know, uh, threatening and there was some pause uh, on Russia's part. Uh, uh, the threat, the threats of Russia, you know, uh, getting out of this uh, treaty, but then. Um, Erdogan uh, made pressure under Putin, and all of a sudden Putin wasn't so uh, adamant about it. And so right now, uh, the treaty, the so-called Grain Treaty, uh, is being implemented, and uh, uh, the world being helped, uh, and Ukraine even provided some humanitarian uh, help to uh, Ethiopia, I think, uh, within uh, the framework of this treaty. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.